Welcome to another Books and Culture podcast with Books and Culture's editor, John Wilson. I'm Stan Guthrie, and today, John, we'll be discussing Muriel Spark. One of my favorite writers, Stan, I know I've mentioned her now and then in conversations that we've had together over the years. There's a happy conjunction in publishing. New Directions has just published a collection of her essays, The Informed Air, and at the same time, the University of Notre Dame Press has just published a book called Hidden Possibilities, Essays in Honor of Muriel Spark, edited by Robert Hosmer, Jr. And I should mention that in addition to essays, there are a couple of interviews slash profiles. What explains this sudden interest in Muriel Spark? <laughs> Other than the fact that she's really good at what she I does. I would say that... The timing of this is probably simply a felicitous coincidence. New Directions, some years ago, began reissuing a number of her books in paperback, and then they also published some books like her collected poems and that sort of thing. They've been publishing her for quite a while now, and in fact, probably the single most delightful piece in this collection is a memoirish piece, if you can call it that, except memoir sounds too serious, by the current publisher of New Directions, remembering when she first met Muriel Spark, when she visited their offices in New York, and then talking about a trip that she and a colleague took to Italy, which is where Spark lived for many years and so on. It's delightful because it captures her in a personal way more than any of the other pieces. She was a fascinating writer, I think one of the finest of the 20th century, and actually continued to write into the 21st century. She was still writing very good books in her 80s. She was a convert to Catholicism in her 30s, a very firm believer, in some ways unconventional, but that outlook profoundly affects her work as well. Tell me an insight or two you picked up from one of these books. Well, I think one of the things that was interesting was that several of the essays are written by people who explicitly make the point that they are not Catholics, they are not Christians, and yet they recognize how that was central to Sparks' way of seeing the world, and then how they talk about that, how they think about that. I think that there's an odd tendency, deplorable, really, among a lot of scholars who are faced with the phenomenon of Christian writers whose work they can see is really good, but there's this odd fact that they're believers. And how, how, <laughs> how do they deal with that? You know, kind of the elephant in the living room. You and I have talked before about how there's a certain vein in scholarship that's really quite substantial and includes some very, very influential figures who write about the history of the novel. They say the novel is inherently a secular form. You know, it's, it's all mm -hmm. about doubt. It's astonishing that this has the credibility that it does in many quarters because whatever you believe, you know, whether you're a Christian or a Buddhist or an atheist or none of the above, it's just an empirical fact that the history of the novel is very mixed, and sure. there are lots of people writing novels from different angles of skepticism or doubt, and then there are people writing them from many different angles of belief. And to define the novel 
that way, that it's something essential to the form is just wrong. So one of the things that I appreciated in this collection of essays and the ones that I mentioned to you is people not just trying to explain away that reality in the case of Spark, but acknowledging it head on, so to speak. I have to say that she's not everyone's cup of tea as a writer. I've recommended her to many friends over the years, and Wendy and I have read a couple of her novels together. I don't think Wendy would actually enjoy most of her novels, but I've mentioned to you the novel Memento Mori, Mm. which I think is her greatest novel, and, and Wendy loves that. It's a book set among people who were old, and it has to do with how they think about the reality of death. It's very funny in a Blackley comic way, but it's also very moving and just an astonishing book. But there's a certain cool quality to her that some people find cold and off-putting. And let me just read you one little comment that... (laughs) This comes from a profile of her that's really excellent by the British writer John Mortimer, and it's right near the end. This was when she was just about ready to turn 70. Mortimer says, in an act of generosity which equals the conduct of Graham Greene and Evelyn Waugh, Muriel Spark has in her latest book told her readers how to write a novel. And then he's quoting from the book, write privately, not publicly, without fear or timidity, as if it were never going to be published. Before starting, rehearse in your mind what you are going to tell, something interesting, your story. But don't rehearse too much. The story will develop as you go along, especially if you write to a special friend, man or woman, to make them smile or laugh or cry. Remember not to think of the reading public. It will put you off. (laughs) 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 So you get something of that. There's a a certain kind of a self-possession there Mm -hmm. that, again, I know from experience of friends who have told me, oh, I, you know, I tried her and I find her sort of cold and icy. I don't, myself, I, that's not the way I experience her books. But I would encourage our listeners who haven't tried her, and I'm sure that there, there are many, and who like fiction, to try Memento Mori for starters. If you don't like that book, then you're not going to like Spark, period. You might still love Memento Mori and not like some of her other books, like The Driver's Seat, for instance, which is a marvelous book, but has quite a different flavor. But if you like Memento Mori, then you can go on and try some more. And if you really like her, then you're in luck because (laughs) she wrote a lot of books, and I don't think she ever wrote a bad book. Well, that's great advice, especially with summer upon us. Amen. Thanks, John. Thanks, Dan.